Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fabulous Pelton Cast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And I just want to get out in front of this. Based on the way the Storm lost and Subert talked openly about retirement, and then the way the Seahawks played Minnesota. Wow. You'd think I said this was the biggest Seattle sports weekend ever. Oh, I thought maybe you were going to be bold and say this was the worst weekend in Seattle sports ever. Oh, I, I'm hoping not. Knock on wood. We'll see what happens with these soccer games that are ongoing at the moment. We've got the Seattle Kraken preseason debut on tap later tonight in Spokane, but that's not what we're here to talk about. They're not even playing in Seattle. That's how bad it is. <laughs> I... Uh, recently a friend of mine texted about like, would you do an emergency pod while on vacation? Because there was a dunk on that Nate Duncan recorded while he was over in Europe and it's extended vacation. And I said, hell yes, I would. (laughs) And that's happening right now because I'm coming to you from an undisclosed (laughs) hotel in Midtown Manhattan, furious about the Seattle Seahawks loss and the discussion of it. Wow. First off, did Brooklyn stop existing? You're in Manhattan. Um, <laughs> second off, the, the Nate Duncan podcast, what was the emergency? Did Demania Bielitsa get traded? <laughs> I forget what it actually was. I love to think about what qualifies <laughs> as an emergency podcast for Dunked On. You know, there was the DeAndre Jordan salary dump that could have been it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we got to do at least two hours on this. <laughs> <laughs> and congrats to Danny LaRoe, who's uh, nuptial as ours. You know the reason I'm out here. It's good to laugh. <laughs> uh, the Seahawks led this game 17 to 7 all looked well things were on track and then they never scored again and Minnesota scored 23 more points and won this 30 to 17 what what was your perspective actually being able to watch this game with sound <laughs> that it was bad what do you mean what was my perspective <laughs> like do you have it do you think the sound changed things I mean, it did change things a little bit. It was very confusing because they had the sound on the Jets game and they only had that relegated to like a small take, TV. Take on the, the sound as the if it's the Jets broadcast and apply that to the Seahawks and then you would know how it felt. Well, see, there was a lot of bad throw by Wilson and I don't think that applied to the Seahawks game. Maybe just one. He was under pressure. Uh, yes. It, the, I, I just don't even know. Like the thing to take away from this is, I mean, I thank God this isn't college football because the season would be over if it was, but this being the NFL and the division that the Seahawks are in, the season's over. Like we have to look at this. Honestly, the chances of them making the playoffs at this point are probably 10%, something like that. Maybe even lower. Oh, okay. They're not that low. Wow. I'm not going to overreact. Like they are that. two games back in the division. Like the division is done. We know that for a fact. That the winning the division is over. That's out as an idea. Just making the playoffs and an extended playoffs as you're rolling your eyes about this. That is not a winning a division that has the Rams, the 49ers, and the Cardinals in a team. How is this? Have you seen all of those offenses play against the Seahawks the last two years? Just control C, control V, what the Vikings did today. That's what Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay figured out. All uh, 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 Clint Kubiak, right? Is that his name? Yes. All Clint Kubiak had to do was just watch those offenses and apply (laughs) that to the Vikings. And that's it. 
I mean, I knew we were in trouble when they came out with play action. What the first two plays of the game, the first two passes, at least. I think there was some Alexander Madison rings runs sprinkled in there. This team literally cannot stop anything. There's no type of play that the Seahawks can stop. I mean, the screen passes just getting destroyed oh. by screen passes over. It's it's been pretty constant that they get destroyed by screen passes but they can't stop the run they can't stop intermediate passes i will say there weren't many deep passes they didn't get beaten over the top that's one thing they didn't try to get beaten over the top but they did stop that and that's why these drives took so long but literally this defense is based around having an extraordinarily level of talent and that's why it works when you have an extraordinarily level of talent That's why it works at USC. That's why it worked in the first generation with the Seahawks defense. They had players, they had multiple Hall of Famers on that defense. And now all of a sudden when you're relying on Alton Robinson and Daryl Taylor to create pressure, Carlos Dunlap, who at some point this offseason, his career ended apparently, like if you are not able to have that level of talent on this defense it is going to get shredded and that's what happened today and that's what's going to keep happening with this team every single game they don't play Carson Wentz (laughs) I mean last season's Carlos Dunlap trade is not walking through that door the idea of them bringing in an outside corner and that player being effective right away it's just they have never successfully done that at one point in the entire Pete Carroll era. And that seems like a bit of a problem, frankly, if you have a system where you can't bring in a player who's a veteran from another team and possibly have that work, that you're only limited to being able to draft players or develop them in-house. And you don't seem that good at those two things. And then when you do have a good corner in Shaquille Griffin, you'll let him leave. Like all of these things keep adding up. And I know that people think Sidney Jones is the answer. I, he's certainly worth it. Vinny Jones is the Sam Heward of the situation. Oh, he 100% is the Sam Heward of the situation. <laughs> a lot of similarities right now. <laughs> Blasson Austin, maybe he's the answer. I don't know. But, John Reed. But it, it, it's, it's not Trey Flowers. I agree that it's not Trey Flowers and it's probably not DJ Reed. But I'm telling you, this is a scheme issue also. Like, there were many of those plays where those plays were happening, were in the middle of the field. This defense is, if you don't get pressure, is an easy defense to scheme against. And we've seen it. That's why they get fucking shredded by aged quarterbacks all the time, right? (laughs) That's why Josh McCown throws for 400 yards against the Seahawks. If you know what you're doing against this defense, you can shred this defense. In this situation which really raises some sobering questions about why is Carson Wentz completely unable to do anything? <laughs> I'm just concerned defense. for Carson Wentz at this point. No. Well, I have some concerns for Carson but, Wentz. I think he, he should get vaccinated. Is that wrong? Is no, that wrong? No, none of it is wrong. And that's the thing is you in the past have argued that the Seahawks need a change of defensive coordinator. And I've pointed out to you repeatedly that the same thing happened over Chris Richard. Uh, they haven't had, you know, they've changed over the entire defense other than Bobby Wagner, who I don't think he's the problem since 2017, which is the last time they had an above average defense. It's different personnel. You've sent two draft picks to get Jamal Adams. You've traded for veterans in terms of Dunlap and Jadeveon Clowney. And none of it has changed that at best in that period of time over the course of the season, at best, they've been an average defense. And at worst is right now, they are one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And they need Russell Wilson to be perfect on offense for them to be successful. And he hasn't been perfect, but he shouldn't need to be perfect. That can't be the standard by which you're judging your offense. 
you also have to put him in a position to be perfect as well. And I still don't know if they quite did that. The offense is looking a lot better than it did. Honestly, if we compare these seasons, apples to apples, the first three games this year versus the first three games last year, that team looks significantly better, right? Like yeah. we understand oh, yeah. that team we felt like is a super global contending team. I still think this team probably has better long-term potential as a team, but the situation that they're in right now, being one and two and being in this murder's row of an NFC West, that's a significantly worse situation than it was last year. So this is a team that is in a very bad place and they're too old to be able to be in a very bad place. And they're too Russell Wilson frustrated about his situation and coming close to asking for a trade last season. Like, you know, at some point the discussion starts to become, Hey, which team do you think Russell Wilson is going to get traded to? What, what do you think we can get in return for Russell but, Wilson? But there was there was the fourth and three before the, the second Jason Myers field goal, right? It was a fourth and three. I'm sitting with Luca, and he was like, he was like, do you think they're going to kick this? Or he was like, do you think they should kick this? And I was like, no, but they're going to. I know what's going to happen. They have the stat on the screen that the Seahawks are averaging nine yards per play, but we're scared of fourth and three in this situation. Myers misses the field goal. Boom, the game's over. The game ended in that moment. And then when the Vikings come down, score a touchdown and not a field goal on the other end, Seahawks calling timeouts for some reason as if their defense can get off the field. Are you kidding me? Right? Like, who are you watching here? What, who do you think is out there, Pete Carroll? We have to be approaching these games as if the defense can never get a stop. And that's not the way that they're approaching the games. The offense in a different situation, you know, it fizzled out in the second half and I'm not exactly sure why. I think there I mean were... Part of it is they they had two drives in the first hour of the second half because of the fact that the defense couldn't get off the field. Like, you're putting a lot on those two drives. Exactly. There's just not a lot of huge sample there. Um, And Russ misses the one throw on third down under pressure, right? And that's the second drive that, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of it. And then they have the, to me, pretty blatant pass interference later on. But like, by the time they got that ball back for the third drive of the second half, the game was over. Right. And the, so, first drive, the first drive of the second half was blown up by sack where Wilson was under immediate pressure on second and 10. But the reality is this is a game that Pete Carroll is going to look at and he's not going to like anything about. And I really hope that he is able to see it for what it is. The time of possession was not skewed in this game because the Seahawks didn't run the ball enough. They ran the ball fine and they ran the ball fairly effectively. Yeah, right? very effectively for the most part until they inexplicably tried to run in the fourth quarter down two, two touchdowns. But the time of possession was bad because the Vikings could get a first down every single time they wanted to get a first down. I mean, and that's if we're rationalizing. Look, the third down disparity is not going to be as dramatic as it was in this game. The Seahawks were three of eight on third downs, also missed. That was their only fourth down attempt. Minnesota was nine of 14 on third downs. No matter how trash your secondary is. These weren't close, though. Like, there weren't a lot of plays where it's like, oh, they made such an incredible catch or whatever. Eventually, you're not going to complete that that high a percentage. If the that players high are that down. wide open, and granted, I uh, guess the Vikings tandem of receivers are pretty strong tandem of receivers. But how many weeks in a row do we have to do this, where we say that this team has a good tandem of receivers and this team has a good? Not every team is going to be the Colts. At some <laughs> point, you have to have the most important defensive position on the field. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's a, it's a problem. I, I just, mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what, to, if they can't play defense, I don't really know 
what you can expect from the season because the offenses aren't going to get easier from here forth. Yes. I mean, they're, you know, they may not be as specifically suited to take advantage of the Seahawks secondary because I do think part of, I do think DJ Reed is dramatically more effective than Trey Flowers. And part of what happened in this game, it was Minnesota was able to get him on Adam Thielen. Whom of the next two teams do you not think is suited to take advantage of the Seahawks secondary, the 49ers or the Rams? I mean, I don't think the 49ers have the like multiple elite receiving options that Minnesota and Tennessee had. And even the Rams this year have been very Cooper Cup centric, although uh, Deshaun Jackson with a, a pretty big play in today's game. This is a one in four team after five weeks. I think it's probably a two and three team. And that is going to be a hole for them to be in in the NFC West because, you know, whichever NFC West team beats them the next two weeks is probably going to be at a minimum four and one and maybe five and up. I, 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 that is wishful thinking to say that they'll be a two and three team, in my opinion. I don't think they'll be favored wow. in either. Of the, I, they well, sure, literally yeah. cannot stop a team. Like, I don't know what, what to tell you. The Vikings just put up 453 yards against them. Like, I mean, Kirk Cousins looked like we want to talk about people getting MVP votes. Give throw one to Kirk Cousins for that performance today, right? That's what he looked like. Clint Kubiak looks like the one who should be in consideration for head coaching jobs at this point, because there was a, God, there was a play action that they ran early in the game where it looked like they were running like an outside handoff and then cut it back. Do you know this play that I'm talking about? They looked like they were going to run a stretch handoff and then cut it back the other way. Ugo Amadi fell over. And I was like, we just, they fucking roasted us on this play action. Like that was a play right there. And I, I just don't see how you can look at either of these two teams for the next week and say that they can't do that. Like they're playing against two of the best offensive coaches in the league over the next two weeks. And we have the worst defense in the NFL. Like I, I, I was told repeatedly during our NFL offseason pods that these coaches were overrated. I'm dumb. What do I say? <laughs> I'm wrong. One of the fastest man culpas from Tristan on record, I would say. I, I would like to go back to that that podcast to begin the season and officially punch myself in the face that day. <laughs> An official punch in the face <laughs> because for thinking that this was going to be an okay defense, like it, it's it's an absurd notion when you look back at, at it with hindsight. And they needed to win both of these games. They need or they needed to win all three of these first three games, which Correct. they were. The first two, they probably sh- they did win one. They probably should have beaten Tennessee. And this was a winnable game that got out of hand. But now they're looking at it, and all of the best teams that they play are going to be their division games who they play twice. So if you can't beat the teams outside of your division, there's, there's no hope for the season. <laughs> Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. The 2021 Seattle Seahawks. stopping Kyler Murray? I don't. Like, I don't, I, I literally, unless you think that Russ is going to be perfect. Yes. I do think at some point that can happen. Like we've seen it before. It happened last year because Russell Wilson played like an MVP. Who made the big defensive play against Minnesota last year? I'm assuming it was KJ Wright. It was KJ Wright, who the Seahawks didn't see fit to bring back. Honestly, KJ Wright looked like the best defensive player on the team last year and nobody wanted him. I mean, that's, but that's a thing, by the way. When everyone talked about the Seahawks defense last offseason, they were like, well, healthy Jamal Adams, second year in the system, Daryl Taylor, et cetera, et cetera. And nobody talked about the fact that they lost KJ Wright, who was a huge contributor, along with Shaquille Griffin, who was also a huge contributor on yeah, defense. I'm dumb. I told you. 
I mean, even I thought they were the average, and thus far they have not looked average. I didn't pick sure. Loretta's as Seattle's best burger. <laughs> Why are you listening to me talk? We're really going on the Tristan's greatest hits here. <laughs> this is SKI. I didn't know this was the direction this podcast was going to go, but I appreciate it. You've actually you've made me feel a lot better about today. <laughs> so I hope we can do that for you, the listener. The only thing that I've called correctly is the Mariners going to the playoffs, baby. <laughs> How about that 14 to one loss on Saturday? That was great for their run differential. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Like we can go through this in individual capacities, but like, I just don't, I don't really see why the reality is the defense couldn't get off the field. There were super long drives and it's one of those things when you're being negative, you project out. When we missed that field goal, you're like, okay, by the time the Seahawks get the ball back, they're oh, yeah. going to be down. Like the Vikings are going to have scored two touchdowns, which they didn't they, score two touchdowns. No, they only oh, scored they, 10 they points. A field goal. They got a field goal the second time. So I guess you can't even be that negative, <laughs> but they were still two extraordinarily long drives. They scored the one place that you would have assumed they would have scored a touchdown. Uh, they just kind of had it reversed where they scored a touchdown so quickly to end the first half. But that was, it was pretty demoralizing going to the half. As it was just like this, the Seahawks are not going to stop this team. Uh, the Vikings had one punt on the game. Is that right? They had two. Oh, I didn't. <clears throat> was there one at the very, very end? There was, yes. That I had already left the bar by that point. There was one meaningful. Wow, I would have been staying at the bar at that point. Um, <laughs> there was one meaningful punt during during the entire game. But like, I just. Again, they just shredded in every single capacity the Seahawks defense. And there's really nothing more to say about the game than that. I guess we can pray for a Russell Wilson winning a shootout. But if this is going to be your defense, then what's the fucking point? What's the fucking point? The 2021 Seattle Seahawks. The, the offense is good, but it's not. To, to win with this defense, you have to have the best offense in the NFL. If you're going to have the worst defense in the NFL, you have to be the Chiefs offense. And even the Chiefs can't win. Yeah, I was going to say, the Kansas City Chiefs also one and two. And also staring up at a 3-0 and team in their division. Although I don't know that the Denver Broncos will have quite the stay in power of the Rams and Cardinals. We'll see. Maybe, maybe this is the year. And Raiders are also 3-0. and That's right. Yes. Maybe this so, is the year. That wow. Two games back. There's a Chiefs podcast happening somewhere out there where somebody is saying that the fact that they only won one Super Bowl during this era, calling the Mahomes era over, I guarantee you that's happening right now. Oh, wow. It's being like, it's such a shame. They had Pat Mahomes when he was young and they only won one Super Bowl. That's it. The era's over. Now I'm thinking of what the name of our Kansas City podcast would be. Uh, it would be called the Fabulous Pelton Cast. <laughs> the, the name of the podcast is not city related. That's true. That's true. You just named it after yourself. But I, I did have someone at the wedding think that you were my half brother because of our different last names. <laughs> so that happened. You're the you're the you're the you're first like, and a half Pelton brother. <laughs> I get a hundred percent of him. Well, on that note, we'll be back this week with our regular pod. We'll talk about the Washington Huskies continue rationalizing that undefeated one and no start in Pac-12 play for the Huskies. Got some big soccer games coming up here and an update from the first ever Kraken preseason game. So uh, look forward to that later this week. Thanks for listening.